WOCLP, Knoxville. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. Girl, love the mess. I watched the swirl of smoke from candles burning while Mary looked up, yearning. I got confirmed and I confessed. I really felt that I was blessed. Plus, I love my uniform. So did the boy who lived next door. But something changed when I became of age. Things I thought were true Someday I'd break the big taboo Of letting go of God Letting go of God Hello, that was quick. Uh, this is WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM live here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, I'm, Dig- I'm Larry Rhodes, Doubter 5, and with us today we have River. Welcome, River. Hello. And Ty, I think uh, if I unmute him now, he should be on the line. Ty, are you with us? I'm the Wombat! That's right. Uh, Wombat's here. Uh, welcome back. We're Wombat. Uh, this is uh, the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. And uh, we'll be talking about atheism and free thought and rational thought and humanism and the sciences. And we'll also be talking about um, science, religion, uh, religious faith, God's holy books and superstition. And despite what free, I'm sorry, what Steve Martin would have you think, there are an awful lot of atheist songs, and you'll hear them right here on this station and on. Uh, on this program, excuse me, and on this station too. Uh, they are in rotation. I'll also be talking about atheist and rationalist groups that exist here in Knoxville and how you can connect with them. Also, you know that there are there is also an atheist call in television show broadcasting here in Knoxville. Did you know that one? Back? What? Yes. No. Okay. So first of all, don't lie to me on Easter. No. I think there's a special hell for people like that. No, it's very true. It's going on seven years now. I'll be seven years in August. Uh, and uh, we'll be talking about how you can listen to that later on in the show and watch it and maybe even interact with it. It is a call-in show. Um, today's topic, unsurprisingly, or going to start off with anyway, is Easter. And uh, there Easter. are some thoughts that Happy we have holidays. on atheists. This is an atheist show, and we're talking about Easter, so you might hear some stuff here that you never thought about before. Um Wombat, do you want to wade in first, or do you want me to? Sure. How about I just, how about I level into it? So, uh, I w- we were thinking about topics to do for the radio show today. And I didn't mean, but let me back up. I didn't mean you were going to a special hell for lying about the, uh, uh, our atheist call-in TV show that we had. I just meant that the Easter Bunny did a really good job of hiding the clues of that show away, but I couldn't find it in time. So, uh, uh-huh. thanks for that. Oh, sure. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, we were thinking about ideas for the show this week. And um, while we were doing that, I was talking to my friend who lives in Pakistan. And I was showing her some of the Easter eggs that we got. And I thought, like, how we were going to talk about um, 
like the origin roots of Easter. And I was trying to explain to her what Easter was in case she didn't know. So I took some pictures of some of the eggs. I had some pictures of some of like the bunny things that we had. And I sent it to her. And immediately she sent me back not only the same stuff from Pakistan, a Muslim-dominated country, but like the exact same color eggs that I had, the exact same bunny paraphernalia. And I was shocked because I thought, oh, I thought... Like, in my head, I was planning on doing, like, a show on how Easter came from, like, pagan roots, but I didn't realize how widespread are the, 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 those roots had actually gone into other religions, because I thought it was only Christianity that may have co-opted it as a religion. But in fact, this is like a worldwide thing that many religions see, like the, the rabbits and the, and the eggs, and I had no idea. So I thought that was just a cool thing maybe we could touch on today. A lot, like a, lot, a lot of people have been uh, celebrating this time of year as long as there's mm. been this time of year. You know, the pagans and the, and the uh, Egyptians and, and all, all the people in the Northern Hemisphere anyway. Of course, in the Southern Hemisphere, it would be a different holiday. It would be a fall uh, gathering type of, of uh, celebration. But uh, and Christians generally just co-opted it from previous religions and, and named it uh, and placed their resurrection uh, theology around this time of year because of the symbolism that the pagans um, brought forward, you know, with the rebirth and the, the chicks and the eggs and the rabbits and, and things, the the plenty of the new year coming forward. Of course, if they had a if they had a, a demigod that was supposedly resurrected, where else would you place it in the calendar but right there? Sure. Sure. Maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. So we just said a lot of terms. For example, let's let's help our audience out. What do we mean when we say pagans? Like what is a pagan? What are pagans? Yeah, what are they? Like, is there a church for pagans? <laughs> I, we may know some pagans. <laughs> yeah. well, it, was, so, it, it was a very widespread religion in, uh, in Europe uh, back before the days of Christianity. Matter of fact, uh, Christianity had to do a lot of fighting with them. Uh, the Romans, when they took over the areas that the pagans inhabited, they had to either convert or kill them, and they, they did a lot of both. And so many holidays are based off uh, I mean, that we see in Christmas are uh, based in uh, are based in paganism. So. Yeah. Oh, by the way, if uh, if you'd like, if you're in the audience and you'd like to join in in this conversation, you can also always call in at eight six five three 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 five nine three seven. That's three 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 five nine three seven here in Knoxville, Tennessee, and help us talk about this subject a little bit. So. Uh, uh, it, w- what we're talking about is uh, I want to put my two cents in on what a pagan actually is because we'll be talking a lot about them today. Uh, a pagan is basically just anyone who worships in a non-Christian way. So anyone that's non-Christian or non-Jewish, and that in, in a lot of ways also includes Muslims as well because they are all along the same trend of you know the Torah to the Bible to the Quran. Anyone who worships non that uh, or opposed to that theology was referred to as a pagan by the mainstream religions of the day. It's very similar to how religions that are like the mainstream will call other religions cults. When really, they're more or less the same thing. Mm-hmm. So a pagan's just someone who's like 
not a practicing Christian, yeah. really. Well, there, there we are may a, have a lot of practicing pagans nowadays. I mean, you, you can't find oh, them yeah. in pretty much every city. And they would take exception to what you're saying, I think, because they have specific gods and specific holidays and rituals that uh, that they uh, they hold tightly to. I mean, uh, Sure, there's just, no problem with that. Yeah. But in the same way how there's a lot of atheists who will say that there is no God, and we would say, well, yeah, that's one kind of atheist, but there are other atheists that don't know if there's a God or not. Right. Like, there's there are people who those pagans who have their own special beliefs probably aren't Christians and they would also fall underneath the the umbrella of what a pagan is. So there are pagans that may just worship like a tree that's outside and do it in their own special way and that's a pagan. There are maybe pagans that have an established religion that's just not recognized by Christianity whatsoever and that would also qualify as a pagan. And the ones that you're referring to that have their own special means of practicing and and going through their own tributes that's still paganism as well. It's a broader spectrum than um, I just wanted to bring up. Right. Well, the term the term heathenry comes to mind. Sorry. Go ahead. The term heathenry comes to mind. How? Uh, exactly. Yeah. And we're all heathens, that's for sure. One way or the other, everybody's a heathen if you consider other religions. Right. Matter of fact, everybody's an atheist if you consider other religions. There are yeah. gods that you don't believe in, even if you do believe in one god. Yeah, there's there's a meme it's, I saw of uh, people going up and they're standing at the gates, and instead of uh, Peter standing there or Jesus or anyone, it's it's actually Zeus. Yeah, or, like, or Buddha. Right? <laughs> yeah. right, what if you're wrong? Right. Uh, talking about memes, I, I heard one today. It says uh, a guy called me and said, "He is risen. It's Easter." Uh, and I said, "Okay." And he said, but he shot, saw his shadow, and it won't be back for 2,000 years. Cosmic <laughs> <laughs> oh, time. Cosmic yeah, yeah. time. Uh, so along those lines, too, there are other groups that have included Hinduism and Buddhism into like the mainstream religion set, and anyone that's not in those groups are also not pagan. And there are even spiritual groups that would say anyone who doesn't even practice or is without religion completely would also qualify as a pagan. So it's very similar to like the term heathen. Like it's if you don't if you're not on my team, you're on this team. And that's what we're referring to when we refer to, I guess, as pagan. Just like the non mainstream belief systems that have occurred throughout the past or maybe even systems of non belief. Right. The matter of fact I think that the first time that the word atheist was ever used in uh in script not scripture, but in uh, print. It was used against Christians in the Roman Empire because they didn't believe in the Roman gods, so they were they were labeled as atheists. At the- oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, even... It's, it's really funny that you brought up the term Rome because the, the term pagan itself actually comes from the Latin term paganus, which means country dweller. So it's like, those country bumpkins without <laughs> their gods... Yeah. yeah. Who cares about them? Yeah, I can see that. So... What do you guys think about Easter? Happy Easter, everybody. Uh, what do we... Let's start positive. I love starting positive. What are we thankful for about this Easter holiday before we get into tearing it apart? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's an excuse to spend with time with family. That's what I can reduce it down to past yeah. anything else. Yeah. And, and gratitude that the cycles are continuing and that spring is here and, and life continues and, re, and regrowth and rebirth, you know, which is what sure. it's all about. You know, winter has come and passed. Uh-huh. Uh, now we have like a really great season ahead of us, hopefully. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> true. What about you? What are uh, you uh, happy about Easter? What about you, me, or River? You. Uh, it's a phone conversation. Yeah. Sure. 
Um, so I'm really happy that, uh, you know, for a lot of people, they get a chance to go out and even if it's to go to a church, to at least get a, a part uh, or have the opportunity to, to get in touch with their community again. Whenever it was a holiday, I feel like there's an urge for people to get in touch with like humans. And I think that's always a good thing. I think we can use more of that. And if it takes a, a, a holiday that's been, you know, potentially hijacked by like a dominant Christian faith or by uh, an overzealous commercialization effort to sell plastic treats and and candy to people, I'm for it if it gets people closer together. So at the end of the day, I'm happy that we have this holiday, and I think it's a good thing. Well, sure, any holiday, pretty much. Um, there, there are some, uh, like Halloween, which, uh, of course, the Christians, uh, some Christians take it, uh, uh, exception to because they consider it a satanic holiday and, and won't... Um, Come in, involved in it, uh, but uh, to me, all of them are, are just excuses to celebrate, excuses to get together and uh, and become more of a community and uh, share your your humanity with your fellow man, sure. one way Absolutely. or another. Uh, well, it's just something that comes up often, and it doesn't have to be a holiday; it could be anything. Um, it, when people get really narrow down to kind of insular opinions and myopic perspectives um, it kind of gets away from the bigger picture of things um, that we have this life now you know, how can we make it better, how can we enjoy it um, how can we improve it for other people and so I'll get in conversations with someone, sometimes leading to maybe a bit of discourse and uh, one specific angle will be pressed hard and uh, often successfully it'll it'll take the point away from okay but in the big picture what are you trying to argue and what should we be focusing on and kind of a segue kind of rattle sorry but it just kind of came to mind when talking about that excuses to get together and more ways for people to share culture and well sure that's beautiful i agree completely i think it's one good point that um as if, if we're all three non-believers here, we still, you know, promote the idea that, like, human interaction is a great thing, and it's great to come together even during the holidays, even if we don't share the same beliefs. It's good that, you know, we have these kinds of things in the, our lives. It's a valuable thing not to give up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's tear this thing apart. Ring the bell. Round one. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So, Easter... Uh, there's a lot of icon or iconography behind Easter. Let's go with Easter Bunny. Why is it that we have that? Does anyone know where that comes from? I generally want to know. Well, go ahead. Well, you probably know a lot more about it than I do, but I have been studying a little bit on it lately, and it can be traced back to the Babylonian goddess of sex and fertility, uh, Ishtar. Oh yeah, Ishtar. Mm-hmm. So Easter, Ishtar, you know, and. And the bunny has been long seen in that since there was someone, I should be misquoting names, who had an obsession with rabbits. And uh, that eventually became a symbol for that. For uh, fertility. For fertility and sex and so on. And incidentally, uh, rabbits are, are not shy about that. So no. you know you see it on, you see it on certain logos of companies with the bow ties without mentioning names. <laughs> um, you see you know Monty Python the Holy Grail they, they kind of make a stab at it. Mm-hmm. That with a well I'll, make, I'll I'll name names it's a public entity I <laughs> yeah. mean it, it's oh, the icon uh, Playboy right, right. Uh, so uh, they associate it with te- sex if not particularly re- reproduction. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, it, it's been a long time symbol of uh, uh, reproduction and sex and, mm-hmm. and uh, the goodness therein. Yeah, and uh, has something to do with the timing of that, how um, the, after it was, okay, so after Ishtar, after uh, her husband died, she basically claimed that, oh, he went on to be a god. And so, as I explained naturally, um, well, I must be a goddess. Obviously, if he's a god, I must be a goddess. For sure. And then, so that's where Ishtar came about, and and uh, I don't know all the details on it, but that's yeah. kind of the root Google that. (laughs) (laughs) So I I really like that. The Sumeranian goddess Ishtar uh, resurrected or died and resurrected, ascended its godhood. It's very bizarre. That didn't sound anything like what I heard in Bible study. Why? What what happened? Like how did how did we get from there to a like a a goddess snake uh, sort of going from one realm into the other to Jesus' resurrection. How did that happen? Does anyone know? Well, I think it's just um, like most of the things that religion says they own, they've uh, hijacked it from other religions and other uh, cultures uh, that exist. But how do you hijack? A, how do you hijack a, a goddess snake? Like, walk me through this. What, why? Would you, why would snake. you even bother? A goddess snake. Well, if you think about or, the. Uh, the Garden of Eden, we had our own goddess snake in there, uh, or god god snake. I mean, if it was Satan, then it was a godlike snake, had uh, supernatural powers, could change form, uh, could, um, you know, converse, it could talk to humans. Uh, and, uh, and theoretically, according to Christian folklore, that uh, it used to be Satan. Satan used to be an angel, and, uh, or was an angel, or still is. And, uh, was capable of actually uh, waging a war with God himself. Uh, That's a pretty powerful God. There's also a bit further about that, about Satan and Lucifer, and how there's different lines of takes, uh, different, uh, where they're basing each one, but they're separating Lucifer from Satan. Uh, Lucifer being, uh, what's that verse that goes on about, oh, uh, oh, Lucifer, uh, fallen star, I'm misquoting. Uh, I forgot the exact where it goes, but it basically, uh, what I understand at the time is that they're referring to the king of Babylon, and because they weren't so keen, uh, the writers of that particular part of the Bible weren't so keen on the king of Babylon. Uh, that's where the reference came. Uh, the re- re- reference comes from. Um, so Satan and Lucifer, in this sense, could be seen as different entities. Uh, but again. Either way you look at it, it, it was symbolic of something, and over time it's been mis- taken as something else uh, because of word of mouth, because of oral transition, uh, tradition, uh, and so on. Just whatever makes sense of the world at the time in respect of their culture. That's I understand it. Um, sounds right. I. I I was involved in something else at the time. I was copying some text over. Awesome. Um, what's what's funny? I guess some people think it's funny. I know my wife doesn't. <laughs> is that a lot of people during the Eastern time, especially atheists? I mean, will call Jesus a zombie, you know, because he was he was killed and then resurrected. You know, zombie Jesus. There's a lot of uh, memes out there to that effect. Uh, however, however, I saw one today that made a lot of sense. He's not a zombie. He's actually a lich. 
Have you heard that? I haven't. Yeah. Uh, liches, oh liches are, are supernatural beings that inhabit a reanimated corpse that clearly shows the wounds that they received before death. Uh, they are in search. Like of, zombies. Yeah, they are in search of immortality, and they have the power of necromancy. I mean, t that is to raise dead people from the dead. So uh, Jesus had all of those attributes. So theoretically, he was a lich, uh, which of course he wasn't if he ever existed. But it's it's fun. It's funny. Uh, another thing that's in, that a lot of people don't know if they don't read the Bible, and most Christians don't read the Bible, they uh, they treat it like a EULA, an end user license agreement. They scroll the bottle, sign off, say I agree with this stuff. <laughs> but anyway, uh, during Easter, I mean during the first resurrection, uh, Matthew twenty seven fifty two and fifty three say. And the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept there arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many. You would think that if that had actually happened, it would have been recorded somewhere. It, some historians would have other uh, outside of the Bible texts to be able to uh, point to and say, look, it happened. It's not just a story in a Bible. But apparently nobody thought it was if it actually happened, that it was worthy of comment or worthy of, uh, of uh, uh, writing down and, and uh, for posterity. Right. I mean, the Romans and other cultures at the time took a uh, uh, scrupulous record of everything that was happening. Yeah. And, and if things like that do not record, show up in the records, um, then I think that's not insignificant. Right. Uh, especially most historians, if not all historians, and maybe some religious historians are exempt from this, but most historians will take the rule of uh, uh, commonplace or the rule of uh, uh, if it didn't happen, if it's not happening now, it didn't happen then. You know, if you didn't have people, if you don't have people now, you know, waving their arms and opening the sea, if you don't have people walking on water, if you don't have people calling down fire and brimstone from the heaven or that type of thing, then. Obviously, when stories like this appear in in, his, in uh, old books, then it's not they can't really give them credence. Um, like particularly uh, the, uh, the well, the it's really interesting. Go ahead. Oh, it's really interesting that you bring that up because sometimes old stories come back in new forms. And one thing, if I could, since you guys brought up Roman history, every single time you guys bring up Rome, I'm going to bring up some weird fact. And the and the today, this moment's weird fact is brought to you by the cult of Sybil. Sybil is the mother of Zeus and Zeus's sibling Demeter. Uh, a lot of people in the early days of Christianity loved to worship not only Sybil but also her lover Atticus or Attis Attis Attis. And Attis has a quality that I think we'd find very familiar because he is a character that in that particular mythology that was born of a uh, virgin and was died and resurrected. But not just once, but it happened every year. And the, and the time of the year that it happened coincides with Black Friday. So in the place that's known as the Vatican today, uh, this cult of Sybil, who also loved Addis and his resurrecting qualities, were fighting with Christians over the, the same period of time and figuring out in violent conflict whose God was better. And Christians ultimately 
found that it was a lot easier to win them over instead of with warfare, but by just adopting some of the story into their overall narrative. So then, all of a sudden, we have this character in Christianity that was born of a virgin, also resurrected, and we celebrate his resurrection around the same time we do as Black Friday, or immediately afterwards. And, boom, that's how we have... uh, That's how we go from mythologies with related to Roman culture to Easter as we know it today as a Christian footprint holiday. That's telling, for sure. If you've got so many other uh, mythological characters that have the same attribute as a later one, uh, as as Christianity does, then you have to wonder if it was really original to Christian. Uh, Did they... really witness the stuff on their own demigod or was it just something that they included from other religions which uh, we know has happened with the religion down through the ages right i think if there's any lingering doubt the cult of civil worship the moon and easter's not on a set day it's actually based on the lunar calendar so if that tells you anything it's actually pretty a strong case for maybe we maybe as christians uh if i back when i was a christian that the whole narrative was adopted from just popular stories and cultures at the time and became a a progressive mishmash of local mythologies in order to get more people onto the Christian team. Uh, Yeah, uh, that sounds right to me. I I mean, it makes perfect sense. Um, Another thing about uh, Easter and Christianity, uh, what does Christ, I mean, per se, what would he have to do with the earlier versions of of Easter? I mean, Easter was a a resurrection type of thing. but I mean, it was also all about spring and reproduction and all the stuff that we still celebrate using, you know, the eggs and the, the chicks and the bunnies and all this stuff. Really, what does Christ have to do, uh, the story of Jesus have to do with it, other than the fact that they say he was resurrected? It's, it's exactly. so very little to do with it. It's just, it's like they didn't take hardly any time at all to write a good story about how to bring him into Easter. Uh, it's just like, right. oh, he was resurrected. Uh, Easter would be a good time to celebrate that. So it, it's kind of strange. It's Weird. very, very it's profitable. That's for sure. All the market of all the, uh, centered around it. It's a very profitable holiday. Yeah, it is really. Okay, well, we're, we're getting down to the bottom of the hour. I think we can take a break. Um, we'll be back in probably about five minutes. Um, we're going to talk about the, the clubs here in Knoxville, the TV show we mentioned earlier. Uh, and while we're on our break, you'll hear, get down on your knees, dear father. And I uh, hope you enjoy We'll be back in just a little bit. You're listening to the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour on Wozo 103.9 LPFM in Knoxville, Tennessee. Feel free to join in on the conversation at 865-333-5937. That's 865-333-5937. And now, back to the show. Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. Simply the best. Dressed up like a Christmas tree With velvet lace and gold They took us to their sacred house And we did what we were told 
up our heads with stories And they've told us that we could be saved If we sang and praised their hero But he never showed his face They warned us to watch out for Satan Who'd be waiting there to capture our soul If we didn't heed all of their wishes He would drag us all down through that hole We'd burn and we'd scream there forever And our cries they would never be heard Yes, the innocence of little children Will accept the liar's word Get down on your knees, dear Father And beg now forgiveness for me Show me that you're truly sorry For the person that I couldn't be Show me some tears now of sorrow Show me a face that is real My innocent and lonely existence Was never left there for you to steal They take away all of your childhood They'll rob you of all of your dreams Their cruelty, it hurts and will leave you Scars that can never be seen And we are all left here to suffer With the heartache of struggle and strife And our tears, they'll never dry up They follow us on through life Get down on your knees, dear sister And beg now forgiveness from me For the cruelty towards all those children And the pain that you'll never see The mothers that lost all their babies And never would see them again The cries from their beds still remain in their heads And slowly it drives them insane Uh, 
this is Doubter 5 Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. I have with me River and Wombat. Hello, back. Welcome back. Oh. Uh, can you say Oh, what? Oh, sorry. Here we go. Sorry. This is live radio. Never forget. Uh, <laughs> hooking up our, our uh, equipment. Okay, this is WOZO 103.9 LP FM live here in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. And uh, I said we talk about it earlier in the show, I said we talk about the atheist groups here in Knoxville. Uh, we have several. And we have some technical difficulties with the phone. All right, we should be coming. Okay. Um, the Atheist Society of Knoxville is. Uh, has been founded since 2002, now has over, has about 676 members, I think, as of this morning. And you can find it online at knoxvilleatheist.org. And you can join them live at their meetup at uh, West Hills Taps and Flats every Tuesday for happy hour food, drink, and conversation. Uh, everybody's welcome, as long as you don't come to preach, proselytize, provoke, or punch. Uh, then there's the Rationalists of East Tennessee. They've been around for about 20 years. RET is bi-weekly presentations and discussions at the Pellissippi State Campus, say that three times, uh, near Hardin Valley Road. <clears throat> they meet the first and third Sundays in the Goins Administration Building Cafeteria Annex. Don't let that confuse you. Just follow the signs or go to the website rationalist.org and click on the directions. Uh, then there's also the Sunday Assembly which is a no-God church setting for those who have had enough of religion but still like the fellowship of a church-type gathering. Uh, this started in England just a few years ago and has spread around the world. They meet in the International Building on the fourth Sunday of every month. <laughs> uh, no, just one time a month, not every Sunday. Uh, the Freedom From Religion Foundation now has a local chapter. They meet at Earth Fair at Turkey Creek, every third Wednesday of the month, and uh, it starts at 7 o'clock. Uh, they, they look into violation of church-state separation, problems with uh, public uh, schools and uh, governments. <clears throat> then there's a humanist of East Tennessee, a made-up group that meets many times for a month for dinners, hikes, swimmings, picnics, etc. They're especially active in the summer. You can find them on Meetup as well. Just look for the Humanists of East Tennessee. And if you happen to be a student, either in high school or college, and you'd like to find some secular or free thought uh, companionship uh, groups, there's the Secular Student Alliance, which has programs to give camaraderie and community to any free-thinking high school or college student who would like to be involved in the free thought movement or just find secular companionship in the Bible Belt. Heaven knows we... Uh, are lacking in that sometimes, especially if you're a non-believer. If you have a community event and would like a public announcement to be made on WOZO Radio, just create an MP3 to that effect and contact us via our website, wozoradio.com, to arrange for it to be played in the rotation. And, of course, if you're listening to this on your radio downtown and you leave the city and it goes away and you would like to listen to it every Sunday, you can always find uh, this program at wozoradio.com online every Sunday at 6 o'clock. Be there every square. Um, <clears throat> now we're getting back to uh, the show. Um, I believe that... Uh, do we have any more to say about Easter or before we get into any other topics? 
Sure. Uh, let, I can just close with a... I'd say all the fun things about Easter are generally pagan-related. We have bunnies that are left over from uh, a pagan festival known as Eostor. It's a celebration of a great northern goddess, and that symbol for the goddess was a rabbit. And uh, it, uh, the exchanging of eggs is not just a Christian custom, it's actually an ancient custom that's seen reflected in a lot of religions that we have today. Hot cross buns, for example, is also a very ancient practice as well. It's even in the Old Testament where you can see Israelites baking sweet buns for an idol and religious leaders trying to make them put a stop to it. And it's kind of funny now that uh, we have uh, clergy that is now uh, has gone from putting people to fire, like burning them alive, to actually now embracing it themselves. So uh, ultimately, Easter is essentially a pagan festival, but that's okay because a lot of the things that we celebrate have um, ancient um, relations or to different kinds of beliefs. And all pagans were were basically people who weren't Christians. And when you think about it, before Christianity, everyone was a pagan by that definition. So we shouldn't be we, we shouldn't be too uh, scared by that, and actually kind of embrace our culture and recognize it for what it is. Okay, that's my point. Yeah, and uh, it, no matter what else happens, what else is, is practiced during the thing, at least they're not burning us at the stake anymore. Or, uh, of course, uh, there is some sects of Islam that, of course, are doing that right now, so it's not stopped. Religion itself is is uh, is not very good with disbelievers uh, in some societies, but and in most, uh, they'll at least uh, what is it? Uh, issue you, in other words. Uh, Put you apart, say you're you're the other, and uh, demonize you to some extent. Yeah, but they'll, they'll let their religion uh, take over how they feel about one person, rather than uh, how that person is to them as a person outside of their religion. It's unfortunate, but right, right. Um, it just you know, demonizing the other is basically all it is. Um, <clears throat> But anyway, uh, River, you had something you wanted to get into a little in the second half of the show. I do. I do have an article. It's uh, from a couple of weeks ago. It's from the Huffington Post. It's from a reverend. I find his name here. Well, it's on up a little bit, but it is from a reverend from Huffington Post contributor. It's a short article. It says. Uh, says, uh, President Trump made a great effort to attract the evangelical Christian community, and he seemed to have succeeded. But it appears that the evidence suggests he is really an atheist. There's four bullet points here. Oh, that's interesting. It is. I, I only get a commentary on this one. So, A, he showed absolutely no knowledge of the Bible. So, so how, how do we feel about that? As a oh, point? well, I, I, can, I can name any number of Christians that have no knowledge of the Bible. But, I mean, at least if they go to church, they get some knowledge from the preacher. But it's true. He, he has shown absolutely no, no knowledge of it at all. It's, it's, it's really surprising. I'll actually say misquote it entirely out of context. Most famously being when he talks about, uh, what's my favorite? Uh, true Corinthians, uh, eye for an eye. Hey, hey, you know. I mean, you're missing the context. It's eye for eye is, you know, saith not, it's revenge is mine, you know. It's, yeah. That's the whole well, point. That, that's a hell of a thing to, to hone in on out of the entire Bible. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it speaks subconsciously of 
of, of something greater. Revenge. Than yeah. yeah. And the bitterness that he shows for people who he's, he's uh, come in contact and come across, I guess, or crossed in the past. Um, Wombat, any comments? I'm more disappointed that this article isn't called Top Six Reasons Trump is a Secret Atheist. Find out inside. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I, again, um, I wouldn't say one, I mean, most babies don't know, the, can't quote Bible stories, so uh, would babies qualify as a non-Christian as well or a secret atheist? Like, I, I think it's an arbitrary point. Right, it's, it's yeah, someone, in, you know, as Doubt if I have mentioned, uh, doesn't matter, someone could know the Bible or not, but the Bible or, or the Bhagavad Gita or the Quran and, and still claim one way or the other, so it seems a bit of a, you know, Misnomer, maybe? Yeah. Okay, so here's the second point. B, when you went to the National Day of Prayer, all they could talk about was his former TV show. Yeah. Uh, well, I think he's emotionally crippled in the, about the only thing he can talk about is himself. I mean, no matter what, uh, what venue he's in or what subject he's supposed to talk on, all he ever comes back to is himself. Yeah, it, it's almost like a... Um, it's like when he starts in his talking points and his speeches. And when he gets uh-huh. when he gets too far out the realm of, of me, he has to bring it back. Bring it back on himself. It's, yeah. uh, wait, okay. Um, I think we just might have lost him for a moment. Okay. Are you there, Ty? Oh, welcome back. Okay. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. I just lost connection. Yeah. Uh, okay. We're talking about phone connections here. And uh, point C. Uh, well, oh. it lost again. I'm not sure why it does this. That's weird. Um, yes, this is live radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure why. We might call back in a moment. Well, I'll call him back. Sorry. Okay. Well, but while it's, while it's calling... Uh, yeah, I think that's just kind of an extension of point A, really. It's kind of one of those things where, well, that's their personality. I don't... Let me know. Keep going. I'm fine. Okay. All right. And, okay, so the third point was... Mm-hmm. Bring it up. Oh. Oh. All right. The third point was... He has not attended worship since he has been in the White House, nor has he attended services in Florida. Hmm. What do specifically? Yeah, that is surprising. I mean, it's for someone who uh, theoretically, well, not theoretically, actually brought the Christian right into the White House and is doing everything in his, his power to give them more power in, in America uh, today, uh, particularly in education. Um Giving uh, giving all of our education dollars to um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, religious schools or charter schools, which generally by and by are religious schools. Uh, it's impoverishing our education system at the expense of, I mean, uh, and enriching the the religious right. There's a lot of funneling as well, is because we had uh, Betsy Devosco in there, mm-hmm. and it's. A lot of the people in the administration, it's almost effectively a wrecking crew for a lot of the things right. that have been positioned. So. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the vice president, who is an evangelical Christian, is a heart made away aura. 
uh, a removal of the president away, an impeachment yeah. away from having the job of president in America now. Yeah, uh, I've heard a lot of different uh, about who they're more afraid of, which person in it, and uh, that's not, that's not an easy decision because either way. Uh, well, you know. I, I personally, I, I don't want either one of them right. in office personally, but that's just me. But at the same time, we have laws in, on the books, in effect, that will protect us against uh, an encroachment of religion into, into the government. Uh, I mean, we will have to work to enforce those laws, but at least the, the laws are there. But with Trump, he, he uh, goes from pillar to post so quickly you don't know what's going to happen. And he's got all of our allies jumpy because they, and our, our theoretical en- enemies because they don't know what he's going to do next. He, he's, a, he's a loose cannon on, on board a, a rocking ship that does more damage to the ship itself than any other enemy. And now we're uh, dropping near nuclear bombs in, in the middle of nowhere. I mean, relatively war efforts concerned. Picking, picking fights with North Korea. I mean, what? Yeah. It's, it's a very dangerous situation to have him in office, whether he's very religious or not. He's, he's doing the damage of the very religious, but he's also throwing um, caution to the wind and just he, 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 every day is uh, at his whim uh, which way he wants to go. Okay, do you have a point B? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, 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 last, the last point here is but there's a quick follow-up to this point. I want to. Oh, okay. after that, he makes his final point, and uh, I think it's it gives good context to the whole thing. Okay. So point D is, but most obviously he does not believe in heaven or a judgment or a, heaven or a final judgment as described in the New Testament. As his budget is a complete attack on all the things that Jesus suggested will get you into heaven. Martin Luther. Uh, Martin Luther, the German Luther of Reformation, said that atheists were often closer to God than those who profess faith. So I'm not suggesting anything negative about being an atheist. I'm suggesting that the one who has pretended to be such a devout Christian as Trump needs to be called out for what he really is. Which is interesting because it's almost like it, he's directly contradicting what he's saying. Uh, well, uh, uh, is he a Christian? Oh, yeah, he was... He was, he was uh, is a reverend who okay. who made the made the commentary. Okay, yeah. so he's he's uh, dissing Trump and calling him out, saying he's an atheist and uh, looking for uh, him to, or at least the Christians, Christian right, to denounce him. It seems like he's venting, and you know he seems like maybe he, the way he's suggesting, he has he's much more a humanist than Trump seems to be effectively. And so it seems like he's venting some frustration, but the, I think the flaw in it is that there, it's done through the lens of the god glasses. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, where's the part about take, take the little ones and shadow, shadow them upon the rocks? I mean, what it it's you, you can't. That was a psalm. I can't remember the psalm, but uh, what did he say about that? Well, no, I'm saying the context of of claiming because. The, the Bible read, right, in its totality, there's not an overall positive a message. Positive, no. Right, mm-hmm. so that, that's what I'm saying about having the God glasses yeah. on. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm condemning this because I'm coming from a maybe more humanistic perspective, although it's, from the perspective I'm coming from, 
it really defeats its own right. It, 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 it defeats itself from that perspective. You're about the, the Bible itself. Right. The Bible. Um, so it just... It seems like he's trying to do good, um, but it's just... Uh, he meaning Trump? Re- no, no, uh, the Reverend. The Reverend. Okay. seems like he's trying by, to do By good. calling him out. Right. That's, I think that he's trying to do something good, but it's just it's frustrating because it's coming from the lens of very much cherry-picked, very much coded into what good we can try to make out of a message. Wombat, any comment on that? Yeah, I have one. How's my audio? It's good. Pretty it's good. good? Sounds good. Okay, right? cool. Is is this article potentially an admission from the religious right that they're regretting their decision of backing Donald Trump as a spokesperson for their ideology, at least on the political level, and are, and are functionally pushing them away as an atheist, which could be just a catch-all. He's not one of us. He has to be one of those bad people that don't believe in God based on his actions. Is this just the beginning of something else? Yeah. Well, it may be that this is their first shot at trying to get in them out so that they could have Pence in there. I mean, maybe they're marshalling their forces to do something like that. And when he makes it... So, also we made the statement about, well, let's vote for him, let's rally the call, but now that we see... Uh, the problems we have now we're trying to call now we're going to point now we're going to point out uh how yes we voted for him but we didn't support everything he did well that seems to be i mean to lump it in with saying okay so he's doing some things that i perceive an atheist would do but i'm not saying all atheists are bad i'm just saying i'm thinking he's doing he he his his message is inconsistent so it seems like it seems a an assumption on what someone without a faith would have uh, projected upon uh, a negative message. I mean, so I just found that message. I found the article interesting, and I'd like to find get in contact and ask some questions. <laughs> why did you write that in the state? Why did the? Yeah, what was the purpose of writing? <laughs> If ultimately it comes down to this is what a person is doing, let alone a label you attach to them, why even give them a label? I mean, why not just why not just have the article about I have some frustrations with our president. These need to be addressed rather than so. That, well, he's not Christian enough. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Exempt from the no Scotsman fallacy. It's just I know this one is the case. Yeah. So. But I would think that that person who wrote the article would call an awful lot of atheists, uh, Christians, atheists, because they're very lukewarm Christians. They don't know much about the Bible. They don't go to church very much. Uh, they're nominal, nominally uh, Christians only. Uh, and apparently Trump is just one of them. Right. And it, it's great irony, I think, is I see uh, moving away from XYZ indoctrinated faith has to be very liberating. And uh, really letting you explore more of the world and the cosmos and just an overall very positive thing. Um, whereas, whereas it seems like in this case, it's again the tacit implication is made that uh, we are strong with our faith and this person is not strong with their faith. So we're going to do some kind of tacit implications, equivocation that that is a bad thing to to uh, be without a faith and Donald Trump is doing all these things so therefore 
I still don't really see why he's bringing this up unless he's just trying to get rid of Trump and bring in Pence. Because, I mean, Trump has been doing pretty much all the religious right wants, you know, carte blanche. They've given him carte blanche. And he's he's really been in there steadfast for the religion. But here's this preacher saying he's not religious enough. Matter of fact, he seems like an atheist just because of some of the little things he's done, which is seems counterproductive to the cause. I mean, I won't get aggressively political, but I, I, I think I, I can throw in one commonsensical statement in that I don't think anyone... It's surprised that Donald Trump is doing a bad job. I think the people who voted for Donald Trump were voting for the conservative ideology rather than him specifically, and really maybe voting just against anyone he was running against more than voting for him as a polit- as a as a potential president of the United States of America. And as a result, we have a situation where we are seeing the aftermath of the choice we made as a country. And on both sides, maybe there's a little bit of regret, but we can't rationalize it as we did something wrong. It's better just to say, well, clearly the choice we made was a trick because he's not one of us because we're not at fault. He must be one of them secretly, and they can call him out on that. It's an easier thing to rationalize, someone else being the fault than you putting him there in the first place. Yeah, that's true. Kind of a, a big com- uh, compartmentalized kind of uh, yeah de- defensive mechanism protection of well yeah. I know I'm doing okay this guy he's he's the one who's or you know, you know pushing the blame up on others yeah. uh, when they actually yeah, voted for him they put him in office they knew what he was saying they knew what kind of a person he was they voted for him got him in the office and now they're ashamed of him so they're they're rationalizing saying it's his fault when they had all the evidence there in front of them to begin with. I mean, if I can make another analogy, it's sort of like if I were to run a business, let's say any business, it doesn't really matter. But if I made enough money in the business that I'm rich for the rest of my life, I can pull up my belt strings and I can say, yeah, I did this. This is all me. I just you just have to work hard. You can believe in yourself. Buy my book. You're going to be fine. I'm a big business leader. But if my business fails and it's the exact same business, I can say, you know, other people keep teaming up against me. The government doesn't support small businesses. I had no opportunity in this market because everyone else is trying to push me out. There's, it, we're very much a an organism that doesn't like self-reflection very much. And I feel like, what if anything, in the in the political situation that we find ourselves in, self-reflection is going to be the key to getting us out of this problem that we may potentially be in and keep us from hopefully not repeating it in the future at least the near future and the main problem is we're not seeing ourselves as culpable both sides not just the conservative party but lazy democrats who didn't vote uh democrat or people who vote through your party in a two-party system which is totally fine but they need to be aware of how a two-party system works which we are unfortunately a part of in america um there's a lot of aspects that we all contributed to to get to ourselves in this position (laughs) i take exception to that (laughs) go for it and go i i'm fine with opinions but i'm saying i may i think the piece of the pie that we find ourselves in may not be even across us all i don't think that's the case but we each put a, a, an ingredient into the pot and now we're eating from the pot and so we have to think about what what how did we get here what can we do individually ourselves 
to alleviate this problem. And then before, when we solve that issue, then we go and start pointing figures or start resolving the issues with other groups. Because until we look at ourselves, we won't be able to fix anybody else. Yeah, I think some of the problem is that we can't really identify or come together on what we agree as is a, a problem. You know, I look at it and I see all kinds of problems like A, B, and C, but a, a, an extremely conservative person may look at the society and say, well, no, the problem is D, E, and F. And we, we can't get together even on the problem, much less on the solution. Yeah, um, sure. yeah ask, asking, asking hard questions, I think, uh, the degree of intellectual honesty uh, comes about where sometimes in, in asking a question, we're revealing something about ourselves. Why we ask it, right? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of glossed over, but um, so I think yeah, the reflection is important, but but also uh, it, accountability is one of the things that we can't snap our fingers. Uh, it, well, we're coming right down on the bottom of the show, or top of the show, excuse me. I uh, have to got about three minutes left. Uh, you want to get into your final words? You got any final thoughts before we go? Sure. Uh, Easter is a great holiday. Uh, it's one that we can reflect on. It's one that we can appreciate each other as our fellow men and sisters, brothers and sisters on a great planet. Um, so what if a lot of the customs come from ancient cultures and civilizations that should be something that's cool it should be something we should embrace rather than something we should try to ignore actually occurred and just focus on the current rendition of whatever dogmas or you know our church may tell us hey we invented this blah 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 i don't think that's a fair shake i think we have a rich history and we should embrace it and as far as you know political situations it's cool to complain it's cool to uh, uh, to be angry because a lot of the stuff that's happening is kind of crazy, and I think the not being upset about it shows that we might be a little bit more dead inside than usual. So keep being angry, but try to find a productive use for it, because every single time we point a finger, there's four of them pointing right back at us, or at least three, depending on how you're pointing. So take your time to reflect and get a good strategy out, because just being angry doesn't get us anywhere. True. Uh, River? Uh, to... Uh modify a thing from Garrison Keeler, just slightly taking away and added to, I would say be well, do good, and think critically. I like that one. And this is Dr. Five, Digital Free Thought Radio Hour, pretty much wrapped up for this week. Uh, be sure to check back with us uh, next Sunday, every Sunday, 6 o'clock, on WOZORadio.com or on 103.9 LPFM. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye.
Free Thought Radio Hour. Simply the best. W-O-C-O-L-P 103.9 FM, Knoxville. 